Teens Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queens Lead Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, we are very excited to be joined by Stacey Hall, the Go For Yes gal. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you for inviting me into your studio. I'm thrilled to be here. We're so happy to have you coming from Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. yes. Is that where you're from originally? Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, no, let's talk about that, how you got there. Anything wrong with it. But no, I have lived a lot of places before we settled here, but we have been here for 18 years. So it kind of counts like we've been here a long time now. Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of like, like from Vegas now you can, can you officially say you're from Vegas? I'm now? saying I'm from What's Vegas. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Some people are like, if you weren't born here, you can't say you're from here. So no, I, I'm pretty sure I can after 18 years. I'm I would good, think so. Good. I think you're pretty good. So what brought you, what's the story that led you to Vegas? Oh, well, the bottom line was my dad passed away here. My mom needed some help. So that's how we wound up here and thought it would only be for a couple of years and literally fell in love with it. We, we live right at the base of the mountains in the north. And oh, nice. um, it's just a very, very livable place. And when you want a little bit of fantasy, it's right down the road. <laughs> yeah, you just take a quick drive down the road. And so you're far away from the nuts crazy stuff going on that you can actually enjoy the mountains and the beauty there I guess yeah lots of wonderful hiking actually there are seasons if you I mean that's one of the secrets that the chamber of commerce doesn't like people to know Ah. we've actually been dealing with either a very mild winter or a very cold spring for about five months which is why I sound like this because it's just starting like to get warm so everything is like hyper hyper this year but yeah we we've got seasons and it's very comfortable and if you like to be outdoors this is a great place to be all right well nice so tell us a little bit about yourself just who is Stacy and what what kind of led you to the path you're on now oh well <laughs> that's all that's I a loaded question no I, I you know just like most people there's been the circuitous route if you will but where I'm at right now is very much a direct, like you would think there had been a direct line to it through my years. So I grew up uh, the child of a salesperson. My father was in sales and there he was good at it. And then he wasn't good at it. Then he was good at it. Then he wasn't good at it. And what was the difference is it was the bosses that he had Mm. for a great extent. Bosses who allowed him to do well, you know, to be himself. He flourished, but when he had bosses that were using the old school sales training, go yeah. for the no, business is war, you can't let the customer get the upper hand, you know, all that stuff. You're going to eat what miserable. you kill, man. Yeah, well, that's right. Put on your armor, arm yourself with that script. That's, that's right. right. That's, that's right. right. Doesn't matter what they say. There's anything that comes out of their mouth is going to be an objection. So don't that's listen right. to it. You just say this, just say this. Yeah, yeah, that was the way. And still is in a lot of places, believe it or not. I mean, it's, wow. it, it's, even though people say they don't like it, even though the number one word associated with salespeople is pushy, 
it's still taught, which is why I show up and do and what it I still do. works but, for so many people. How is no, this working and who is it working on? It couldn't possibly work. There's okay. So anyway, so long story short, I watched <laughs> that. I watched that and I grew up with it and I said, hell no. Yeah. And along through business, that's how I wound up where I am now teaching people first. Because my biggest thing that drives me crazy, Amy, is when people say you have to get out of your comfort zone to be successful. And they say it more so in sales. So like you said, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I'm going to tell you a funny story of what just happened to me this morning. But it's this person was doing something and I'm sure it's because someone told her, get out of your comfort zone and just go do it. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we have no clue what the f- we're doing, right? Like you said, we can be, I'm, right. I won't go all the way into <laughs> Please the Please be yourself, but, be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I just, so this literally happened on Facebook. I, and this happens all the time, but going to this degree was just to me hilarious. People send friend requests. They don't go to your page and leave a comment. They don't send a private message, right? They just send the friend request. You're like, so why? So, because I'm just another notch in your belt because you want me to now go to your page and you've got a promotion there. So I don't play the game. I respond back and I say, I received a friend request from your account since I didn't get a private message and you haven't commented on anything I've shared. Could you tell me why you sent it? Otherwise, your account might have been hacked and you probably want to know. Ah. I mean, it does happen, right? So I just figure I don't have to be a complete bitch. I can can (laughs) kind of offer that to them. So this person writes back and says, so are you in a vendor event? You, You know, these online vendor events. Mm-hmm. And I wrote back and I said, I'm in a couple. Uh, did you send the friend request? Like, that's the question on the table. Yeah. Why are you knocking on my door? Yeah. And without saying that, it's just, I've been, was it you who sent that? Because I've just said to you, you couldn't be happy. Then she writes back and says, so which groups are you in? I said, are, are you asking me to tell you where you found me? <laughs> And she says, yes, because I joined a bunch of groups and sent friend requests to people. And why? Like, I, you know, so to me, that is somebody who was told, go send friend requests, but she has no clue what she's doing. She doesn't obviously know what a friend request is supposed to be. And she's out of her comfort zone versus like you would... Would you go up to somebody in a, in a store that you had no idea who they were and just go, hi, 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 right? I don't well, actually, I might, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what I'm, I'm saying? You would do it because you would stick around and then have a conversation, Amy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking just, hi. okay, who are you? What are you about? So anyways, I may be going too far afield, but my point is. In sales, especially, we have to stay in the zone where our values are, where our skills are, where our strengths are. And we meet people based upon a commonality of some sort, not just that they've got a target on their head, they're a living, breathing human being who might want to buy your products or your services. So 
Anyways, I've watched this all my life. I'm not, you know, I'm not a teenager and I'm tired of it going like this. I'm tired of being people taught to do these horrible spammy activities. Yeah. Okay. I can totally appreciate that. Uh, so what, what types of jobs were, have you always been an entrepreneur? What types of jobs led you up to, to this place? No, I have not always been an entrepreneur. I actually did the, the thing. I went to college. I got a degree in public relations, advertising, marketing, and sales and PR. And I went out and became an advertising account executive. So my role there was to put together marketing strategies for our clients and kind of be the go-between between the client and the creative department. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I loved it. I did it for five years. And then I had the opportunity to move up in the world. And I became manager of marketing for Budget Rent-A-Car Corporation for mm-hmm. the United States and Canada. And it was at a time when Budget was trying to move off of the airports, keep their airport locations, mm. but, but compete with enterprise. Enterprise was just coming on. And okay. so these franchise owners knew nothing about true marketing. Like they, yeah. they, they were all millionaires, billionaires probably, who had bought franchises for a counter at the airport. Mm-hmm. Now budget wanted to teach them how to operate where there was actual competition. And so that was my job to put together marketing strategies for them. And Federal Express heard about me and they hired me away. And I did those kinds of marketing strategies in the local markets for Federal Express. And then you're going to wonder, well, then how did I become an entrepreneur? Well, there's a story there. It's it's usually a nice juicy one. No, well, no, I, I loved Federal Express, but you, you know, sometimes you feel like something, you know, and I was much younger and I had opinions and, you know, it's a very big <laughs> company and they wanted to go in a particular direction and I didn't want to go in that direction. So I actually decided to completely shift industry and went to support a university Oh, wow. With their membership in marketing. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to volunteer for the Small Business Development Center. Okay. And I taught classes. Yeah. And and I looked at these big binders that they gave me of what I was supposed to be teaching, hair salons and insurance agents and real estate, because there wasn't a whole lot of network marketing back then. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. This is what Coca-Cola would do. <laughs> right, right. This is not what your your local real estate agent needs to do, right? Or can not afford to do. Not at all. And maybe this is the reason why 80% of new entrepreneurial businesses fail in the first five years, because they think they have to do all this. Yeah. So thus became my coaching business, where I said, nice. uh, you guys don't need to be here. You yeah. need to be learning how to do what's in your budget, in your schedule, how yes. to get back in alignment with yourself and not yes. try to be some major corporation before you've learned how to actually make some money. Yeah. So that's it. And I've never looked back since. And what year was that? Or when was that? In the oh, time? now you're making me be really old here. Ah. So we're, we're talking right around 1999, 2000. So I've been at this for a while. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, I love that you say that because 
I do a lot of networking, right? A lot of in-person networking. And obviously I'm also in marketing. And so hearing the ideas of some of these people who have zero budget to do it, they're like, we're going to blanket the state with billboards. Why? Why? <laughs> that is not a good time. Wait, that's not a good spend of your time or money. I promise you. Not early on, unless you're like you said, Coca-Cola, they're doing that. You know, that is not for you. Well, even, even, you know, on, on social media, you know, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, of course, both Gary V talks about Our Lord being and Savior. Everywhere. Say again. Our Lord and Savior. Sorry. Yeah. But he talks about being everywhere. Well, it's fine if you're Gary V and you've got a budget to hire a VA for TikTok and a VA for Instagram and a VA for LinkedIn and, you know, yeah. and, and a VA to create your content. Yes. If you're just starting out, where are you going to get that money to be Everywhere. No, Everywhere. you pick a lane, you own the lane, you make money, then you maybe hire a VA to help you extend out. That's it. That's it. So you've written five books on the subject in the last 23 years. Related. Or yes. so. <laughs> or so. And the latest is there selling from your comfort zone. Selling from your comfort zone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So tell it. us a little about that. Well, it's in it. I introduced the concept of the alignment marketing formula. And alignment marketing formula, I called the new ABCs of sales. The old ABCs was always be, be closing. closing. We all yeah. know it. Right? Yeah. This is yeah. alignment plus belief times consistency will always equal sales satisfaction and success. So when we're in alignment in ourselves, like if we say, I'm going to stay in my comfort zone and I'm going to expand it, not be lazy expand it. These are my skills. These are my strengths. This is why I went into business in the first place. This is who I want to serve. This is how I want to serve them. This is how I can serve them. When I put myself in positions where I can meet those people, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about what I have to help them in the way they want to be helped. I'm in alignment right? That feels aligned. Mm -hmm. With that alignment, I now believe in what I'm doing. And that's where so many entrepreneurs fall apart is the minute I was talking to a client this morning. She's still having trouble believing in herself because she still has a whole lot of mumbo jumbo in her head from years ago. Yeah. She's forgetting to get back into alignment. When you get practice, please excuse me here. Of course. When you practice staying back in your alignment more and more and more, the belief gets stronger and stronger. When we believe in ourselves and what we're doing, we do it consistently. We don't get stopped. In consistent action with the right people in the right way will always build steam which leads to sales satisfaction and success. Okay. I like it. That's a great, that's a great concept and a, a wonderful new way to look at it as well. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. And I teach how to do it. That's what the, the book is like. A, it's a fun manual, but it's a manual. It's not just theory. It's do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. And the do this is exercises. So I'm not asking anybody to be me. I'm just sharing with you how you can find out who you are and how, who you can be in the sales world. Mm -hmm. 
And to be, you know, you don't want to be like everyone else. And whenever you're trying to be coached to be a salesperson, I mean, that's not teaching you to be more of yourself. It's trying to teach you to be someone else. So I can, I can see what you mean by, by comfort zone. Uh, Can you expand on that a little bit more? Because I love that you said not being lazy, but saying where, and maybe for me, the the word comfort, um, it could be, could be changed for me. Like, uh, stay in, in, in your genius, you know, you don't have to, to go and be loud. If you're not loud, naturally don't be loud. It's going to make you seem fake and forced. Right. But it's, it's less about being comfortable, maybe and more about being yourself. Is there something there? Yeah. Yes. And it's just still, it's very funny. Please forgive me, Amy. I'm not laughing at you. And yeah, people, because for so long, it's been drained. Um, I don't know what the word is, but it's been consistently told that comfort is the wrong thing to be in business. Yeah. I'm going to give you another word. Power. Our comfort zone is our power zone. So if you're an introvert, you feel more powerful being an introvert than you do being an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Right. That's you. So that's all I said. The power is where we fill our gut in our gut that things are right for us, that we know what to do and we can do it. That's what I'm saying. And that gives us a measure of comfort and a measure of confidence as well. Yeah, I love that. So there is nothing wrong with comfort. If you associate it with alignment, if you associate it with confidence, if you associate it with power, then it's acceptable. I want to really end this idea, get out of your comfort zone. Because when you get out of it, you, anybody, and I've done tons of studies on this. If I say to somebody, all right, you're out of your comfort zone now. Where are you? Yeah, uh, in fear. Okay, right. You're in fear because you don't know what to do. Is fear a powerful place from which to act? Most people would say no. Most people would say they're frozen in fear. And I say most because there are some adventure takers who say they thrive on fear. Great. That's your comfort zone. You're not out of your comfort zone. If you love fear, you're not out of your comfort zone. You're still in it. Got it. Yeah. You see, like it's, we just really, I feel it would be important to shift that whole approach to comfort. Yeah. Okay. So what does that look like for someone who is just exceptionally shy and uses a lot, you know, fewer words maybe, or just has a, a, a non-sales type personality? All right. So the first thing I would ask the person is if you're shy, why do you want to be in sales in the first place? Because, you know, 55%, they've done studies, 55%. This is a recent study of people in sales should not be there. They're not suited for it. They don't understand it. It's not a match. Somebody told them they should do it. It's not a match for them. So if somebody was very shy and said they have difficulty selling, the first thing I would ask is, why did you choose to go into sales? Because sales is a very social business. If they said, because I believe in this product, or you know, or the service, and I really believe that it helps people, I would say, great. 
where would you normally go to get information? And a shy person will normally not reach out to another human being. They'll go online, right? They might Google it. They might go to YouTube. They might watch TikTok videos. My answer to them is then that's where you want to be because your perfect ideal audience is going to be as introverted as you are. So if you don't want to create your own videos, then write blogs. Can you write? Can you hire somebody to write them for you? And then they go out onto Google, right? You build an audience of people and there's various ways to be able to do that without having to go Facebook Live or YouTube video if you don't want to, because reels can be created from written information now too, right? You add beautiful graphics, beautiful music, and it's just the writing, you can still have a reel. So you may not be the person to do all of it. You may have to hire a VA to help, but there's still a way to get your information out there if you're that committed to it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, unless you're buying ads, you are at some point going to have to talk to a human being. Right, yeah. But what I found with most introverts is if somebody approaches them, they're fine. They can, if somebody comes to them first. So great, let your content go out there, make offers for people to ask for information and build your business that way. It might go a little bit slower but maybe not. And I'm going to share with you if it's okay. I wasn't planning on yeah. talking about this, but you asked. So I'm going, to, sure, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. There is the most amazing tool for introverts that turns their Facebook into a wonderland. Hmm. It's software. And you write the information. You tell the software where you want it to send messages. So you go into a group, let's say, of people. So let's say you've got an introverted businesswoman who wants to sell a skincare product because she believes it and loves it. But she doesn't want to write posts. And she personally feels uncomfortable communicating at the start until somebody is interested. So this software, she would write a, a message. She would choose the group. The software goes to the group because it's an extension of Facebook, sends the messages out for her. Hmm. Then when somebody responds, she knows they already want to talk to her or him. And now she can start the conversation from there. Isn't that cool? Hmm. Interesting. So and if she doesn't know what to write, it's got AI built into it. So you just say, could you write me a message? And the hmm. AI will do it. I just love tech how technology helps folks who need a little extra help. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Nice. Okay, so um, would you say that a lot of the problems that people have in sales really just comes back down to their ability to effectively communicate with other people? It's a, that's interesting the way you put that. I, I'm going to think about it for a minute because it is definitely about effective communication, but what's underneath that, I would say, is more putting the emphasis on myself than on my prospect. 
So if I'm thinking about my prospects needs, so for example, I would love to know how you started the podcast. And if we had had more time at the beginning, I, before we got on, I would have asked you that. I'm going to ask you that afterwards is like, if, if here you're asking me about me and in a normal situation, if you were my prospect, I'd be asking more questions about you and right. why, what your world is about, where your struggles are. And I'd be doing that to determine, is there any way I could be of help? And if I feel like there is, I would then ask you, would it be okay for me to share with you that I might have a solution for that? Yeah. See, that's an effective way of communicating mm -hmm. to find out if somebody would be interested after I've already determined that maybe I could help. Yeah. Getting their permission. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Versus I can be the best communicator in the world, meaning effective, uh, you know, and well command of the language. But if everything I'm talking about is about me, while I've got a prospect in front of me, they, you're going to want my coaching services because I can do this, this, this for you. And yeah, but you, all of that. Yeah. And the person's going, I hope she'll shut up soon so I can say I'm not interested. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think many people fall into the trap of talking about themselves and their solution before they ever really hear the problem yes. or where the person in front of them is struggling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's, I, I love that you use the word effective. Effective is, it changes depending upon what's the purpose of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, definitely. So tell us about your coaching program and who you serve. <laughs> Well, <laughs> now I'm allowed to ask. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, my ideal audience, I say, is I'm primarily a woman who's an entrepreneur <clears throat> who has been mostly pushing products or courses without realizing, even if they're selling courses or coaching, not realizing that what they really have that's more valuable is their wisdom. Yeah. Even if they put it into a course, before they put it into a course, there's wisdom there. And so I love to help people monetize the message in a variety of ways, rather than seeing themselves as selling anything. They can, they can get paid for the wisdom, their message, their information. And you would, you, Amy, would say to me, but that's selling. Of course it is. But it's interesting that so many women entrepreneurs give that part away in order to get a sale of a product or a course. Mm -hmm. So they're leaving so much money on the table, they don't even realize it. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I'd like to hear more about that because my personal, um, I hate to call it a strategy because it's really just the way that I am. I am a giver. I am regularly accused of giving away the farm, giving away my knowledge, teaching classes uh, at the chambers of commerce or at networking events or or to women's when business groups or, or things like that. I regularly give away knowledge and wisdom about things that maybe we don't even have a product match for, but I see a need for it. So I willingly share that uh, with people. If that brings you joy, I would never change it. 
Okay. Like just, yeah. if that's your passion and your joy, you probably are leaving money on the table that people would pay to have, to receive mm-hmm. lead magnet. So let's say you are doing a chamber of commerce presentation. You're doing it to give back to the community. Great. I call that a lead magnet, so to speak. Yeah. When we do that though, it's important to let people know that we have something for sale. Yes, I did this. Yes, you got a gift. I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm giving tips and all sorts of things. This is a lead magnet for me. Yeah. And you're going to, I know you, you've already know what my, my courses and things are, and you're going to share my website with folks at the end. That's what I'm talking about is if we're going to do it as a gift to the world, at least let them know at the end what else you have. And that's what doesn't happen enough. The hmm. Women entrepreneurs will often go like this. Well, I gave them so much for free. I would have thought they would have asked me. Why would they ask you? If it's not being no, offered, yeah. they why don't would know they what ask to do. You? People, I cannot say this enough to clients and prospects and people I meet. People don't know what to do unless we tell them what to do. They have no idea. They don't know our business like we know our business. They don't know we have a solution for this problem they're experiencing unless we tell them we have a solution for them, right? That's right. And then they'll say to me, but I do. I tell them and then they don't want it. Well, probably because you gave them too much and it was more up here than it was in here. Mm-hmm. When people go away and say, I have to think about it, I'm not sure. It's because we were too heady with them, too logical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were more in a convincing, trying to get so much information to convince. Yeah. And if it comes across like that into a point of desperation, people are going to run the other way. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the other thing. We give too much trying to prove we deserve to be paid for more. Be like, yeah, it's too much. It was a fire hose. No, thank you. And you didn't really speak to my heart. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's the connection. It's the connection piece. I find that I think, I think that comes back to the confidence in the sales or whatever you want to call that process, that connection process is that our, at least for me early on, my, my confidence was so low that what I was confident in was my knowledge of product, right? I know SEO, I know Facebook ads, I know Google ads, I know websites and logos and branding and marketing. So I jump right to the content piece, right? Because I want to give as much value as I can. But previously I was skipping that connection piece, that rapport building, which really is just, I mean, it has nothing to do with the sale, right? It could be a story from my childhood, but we can tie it back to the need that we're currently teaching about. And then we have them, right? We have their attention. We have their trust. They go, oh, she sees me. She knows what I'm dealing with. And then that's that lean in moment that then they can accept that content that you're giving them and the real value that you're struggling to get to so quickly because your confidence is so low. Does that make sense? Beautifully said, perfectly, beautifully said. Yeah. It's just, um, it's a lack of confidence. Yes, Mm -hmm. it it is. Yeah. Pretending to be confident. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So how much of that goes into how much confidence building go? I mean, you can be a shy person or be, you know, not made for sales, but still develop a level of confidence in yourself, right? Well, yes. And again, that's back to the comfort zone and the questions I ask in the book to be able to get there. But what you said that was just so spot on is a story that has people understand that we understand them mm -hmm. is far more valuable than the list of things I can do for you or the list right. of things this product will do for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what gives confidence but it's usually the very thing people especially women will not share it feels vulnerable it feels intimate we've been told not to share that stuff it makes us you know it's not safe and i always say well you know there's a big difference between too much information and just enough information for someone to see that you're relatable and not a robot. Yeah. Yeah. People have to know we're human. You know, we're human. Our clients are human. People running businesses are human. Here, here's a big shocker. Celebrities, they're human. They're Just human. Like you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not on their press tours, but every other time. Well, that's it. I mean, I could have canceled on you today because of this. Like, so I'm not looking the person, but I bet you I'm not the only person who deals with allergies. So exactly. It's allergy season. We're all yeah. suffering. It is <laughs> exactly. And yes, We're humans got, over I, here on the Queensland podcast. Okay, yeah. people, only people. Yes, that's ex that's exactly it. And you know, I've got all the stuff to make it right. But when I start getting excited, my my sinus is gone. <laughs> so I need to be a little calmer. <laughs> there is no calm. There is zero chill in me. And catch you can't tell. <laughs> well, I'm having a lot of fun. I can say that. Well, good. So tell us some about that, going back to that manual, that big thing that you saw young business owners, entrepreneurs trying to accomplish. What were the big pieces that you now teach them? Like, here's what you really need to get started. And I know that varies from industry to industry, but what does someone really need? No, the foundation always. Yeah. So what was what they were teaching was how to get business loans. A realtor doesn't need a business loan, okay? And like, why am I teaching that? What a realtor needs is to identify what makes them unique from every other realtor in the same town, right? Like that's, that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Or an insurance agent from every other, but especially a realtor or especially a, a stylist, right? Mm -hmm. Or a makeup artist. So, and the reason I'm bringing these up is because when they tell people what they do, usually they'll say, I'm a realtor. Yeah. I'm an insurance. Mm -hmm. I'm a makeup artist. Right? Yeah. And yes, you learned how to do those things. That's true. That's your industry, but that's not who you are. So why are you a realtor that getting to that place there had to be a reason and i bring this up because my husband's a realtor right okay yeah. and we have this conversation a lot and and he's not a touchy-feely kind of guy but he knows exactly what he loves about real estate and 
what he wants his clients to be able to expect from him. And that's how he speaks about himself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why did you get into real estate? What kinds of people do you enjoy working with the most? And don't say anybody who can buy a house. No, no, you don't. Like, as if I describe somebody to you, you're going to tell me, no, I don't want to work with them. Great. So if you don't want to work with them, who do you want to work with? Mm-hmm. And then craft a message around that is I love helping new families have a home they can grow into, mm-hmm. you know, find the home they can grow. In. There's a way to speak it like a story, right? That has somebody who just had a baby. They're thinking about getting out of the small condo they've been into and a house it's like, she understands me or he understands me. That's yeah. the real, they didn't, they didn't just say I'm a realtor. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, you know, I know, you know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about. Oh, I definitely know that. Yeah. In fact, um, I'm sure you're aware if you know who Gary Vee is, I'm sure you know who yeah. Donald Miller is. Sure. Do you know Donna Miller? So Height, at Height, we're the largest story brand certified agency certified in telling that story. But what I find most business owners miss is that they're telling their story. They're not telling their client's story. They're like, listen, if I had to talk to one more roofer, plumber, home services business that wants to tell me the story about how their business got started in 1904 with their grandfather and two pieces of string and nobody cares. Nobody cares. There's a place for that later on in the relationship. But if you're not telling your client's story and how you're going to fix the problem that's in their life and how you're going to help them survive and thrive, it's going to fall on deaf ears every single time. Absolutely. Unless you have enough advertising out there, right? To tell yeah. it over and over again. But I, I just, you brought that up and you was thinking of roofer. I, there's here, there's a, a garage door and, and I think of it and I actually like the commercial. I mean, it, it is the owner of it. And he talks about the garage door is the smile of your house. Yeah. I've never okay. heard that said before. And so even yeah. though he's sort of talking about himself, he, he always makes me think, and we did, we, we had to replace our garage door and it's still white and I want it to be a color. And, and, and my husband likes it white because he likes it, you know, the big it's white the smile, smile, so to speak. Yeah. But even that is more unique than any other garage door yeah. fixer up or whatever it is, mm-hmm. manufacturer who's, who's advertising. So because he's speaking to the ideal client, right? I don't want some ugly busted looking garage door. I want my garage door in my home to look better than my neighbors, to have a beautiful smile. And that is keeping up with the Joneses. It's solving a problem. It's solving my ugly house problem. It's solving my want to look better than the neighbors problem. It's solving the best looking house in the neighborhood problem. That's a, that's a problem solver. And I I no doubt they're successful. Yeah. Now he also it could have appealed to me through the fact that we got locked out of our garage. We got locked out of our house because we always go in and out through the garage mm-hmm. and the garage broke. So I would have been even more interested if there was a story of commercial showing me the story of a family like because we were literally locked out in the rain in the middle of winter here. So it oh. was like 30 degrees, you know, just almost cold enough to snow and the garage door broke that morning yeah. right yeah. and we didn't bring a key with us because we always go in and out of the other so there we are calling the you know it that could have been a story how many times have people been, done what we did 
yeah. and got locked out of their garage door. Yeah. Tell me that Never get story. locked out again. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, we've got this fine construction. Well, right. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I'll worry about that later. Just get me yeah. back in my house. Right. It, what materials you use? We don't know. We don't care. That's not our specialty. We don't know if it's fiberglass or wood or we, we don't know. It doesn't matter yeah. to us. Are we going to get locked out? Does it look good? That's what, what happens can if I get I do? it? God forbid anything happens. Will you be there in two minutes to help me? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We're telling, we have to tell the right story to the right people in the right way. Yes, it, exactly. And the story is the story. That's the, it is a story. Mm-hmm. Stories have imagery to them. Right. Yeah. That's what helps us remember. And I, I, again, I'm preaching to the choir here, but that's when I always say, when you come up with a brand line, that's why I love the realtor line. You know, I love helping new families find their forever home or the mm-hmm. home that's going to grow their, their kids are going to grow up in. Yeah. And you can see it, a new family. You can, you can see, you know, couple baby in your mind, mm-hmm. find their home. So they're out looking and it's the home their kids are going to grow up in. And it's just immediately gives you a story that realtor is going to stay in someone's mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We make families in these kitchens, you know, make memories in these homes. That's right. Yeah. That gets people dreaming about, about their home, about their family, about what's most important to them. Survival, thriving, growth. That's what really matters to people. That's a, a, completely. And even so in skincare, in the book, I, I tell the story. If, do we still have time? I could. Yeah, I could go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So I, I decided to play with this concept. So I went to Instagram, found a, a, a I won't say who the company was, doesn't matter, but somebody was promoting a three product package for skincare. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just what you said, it was all about the ingredients, like who can and the bottles, right? The bottles yeah. are there and what the skin it doesn't tell you what it does it it told you what they are right so cleanser moisturizer toner whatever it was that's nice Mm -hmm. i know what that is that's nice right yeah yeah. how about erasing the lines life leaves on your face that would sell me because i'm 40 you know i'm almost 42 what problem are you solving? I don't know about your ingredients. I don't care. What is it going to do about this? (laughs) I'm going to say, and this is not buttering you up. I'm going to say, I thought you were in your twenties, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But I, I'm looking at this, you've got this Instagram, you know, like people are scrolling. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see the bottles because if I know what they are, I probably already bought it or I've already decided I don't want to buy it. How about you show me a picture? Cause what, as I got into it, they, it was all for, for dry skin, right? It's the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. How about you show me dry chapped skin and then beautiful, luxurious hands, right? What are yeah. the yeah. you say to me with a question, do, are you tired of your skin feeling dry, chapped and itchy all winter long? Does it yes. sometimes feel like you've got reptile skin? instead of human skin right like questions yeah. like that i'm now gonna re- like yes yes all right you've drawn me in then tell me what the problem is the problem is 
your skin is not retaining moisture. Well, duh, but what do I do about it? Okay, then you say, this is how you're supposed to get moisture that will, and how your skin will retain it. Oh, now how do I do that? Well, now that is exactly why we created this three system, this three product system. The first will put the moisture back in, the second will hold it in, lock it in, the third will, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. There mm -hmm. you go. There's the story. I've, I have already told you, I, I relate to that story. Yeah. Now, even if I had seen those products before and didn't buy them, I might say to myself, oh, I didn't know that's what they do. Maybe right. I'll take a second look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe they actually solve a problem for me. Hmm. Okay. Creating yeah. that curiosity. Like, hmm, maybe I am especially on a platform like like Instagram or Facebook we say this all the time those ads are interruptive so it's not something that we've intentionally gone out and searched like on Google if i'm looking for a skincare product and i search dry skin product i'm going to get some answers but if i'm scrolling right. my feed and i see a product i'm like okay a product but if i see oh my god dry skin yeah i have that maybe i am interested in that and then I click through, you have to get my attention because those ads are interruptive and they're interrupting my scroll. So unless it's speaking directly to a problem that I'm currently having, I'm going to ignore it unless I'm seeking it out, which is a different place that's on Google, right? Not right. on Instagram. Not on Instagram. And, and you expect ads there. Exactly. They're right up at the top. So this is how being in alignment with ourself, what, what is our story? So in that case, if I'm, and it, and it was interesting because it was a representative of a network marketing company. Mm -hmm. So if this person is sharing that story because they had dry skin, I would have loved to know, seen it their hands. This is mm -hmm. how my hands used to be. This is how they are now. Do you have hands that look like this too? Personal, human, real facts. I'm going to contact you and I'm going to ask you, how long did it take for you to shift? You know, is it one application or is it more? Did, what did you try before? Like, let's have a conversation and I'll probably buy it from you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us, I, our time has already nearly come to an end. Thank you so much for being here, especially with your allergies going on and everything. Uh, tell people, uh, tell women that are listening to this podcast, how they can find you. If they are looking for some, you know, alignment with their sales, and then maybe they're a little shy, they need to, uh, to expand their capabilities, not necessarily step out of the comfort zone, but remain in their comfort zone and succeed in that. Yes. How can they get a hold of you? Well, my website is really easy. All my, my social sites are there. So it's Stacy, S-T-A-C-E-Y, and A-N-N, Hall, H-A-L-L.com, StacyAnnHall.com. If you click on the courses page, my very first course is free. I have a lead magnet. And nice. you'll also see the other courses that cost them a bit. Uh, the Godiva, the first one is called Eight Steps to a Sale. And I really do show you how to start from the foundation, how to build on that, build on that, build on that, build on that to a point where you can have a 15 minute call with anyone and get a yes to your offer. If you've nice. built, if, if you've built the process and connected the dots, you're on your way. You're good to go. 
I love it. And we can pick up your book on. Yeah. On Amazon, Amazon. on Kindle, on Audible, everywhere books are sold. It is in every bookstore around the world. Awesome. And that is selling from your comfort zone. So check out our book, go over to Stacy with the E-Y and Paul.